Got time for a quick story. Have you ever dreamt of having a hit? Like a hit on the radio, big hit song. Regardless of your musicianship, you don't have to be a serious musician. Maybe you've never played an instrument or even sung really anything outside of just singing along to a song in the car or the shower or wherever. Have you ever dreamt of being a music star, having your, you know, having big song in the Hot 100 or something like that? Well, it happened to Joseph James. Joseph James has spent a lot of time in the music world. He's worked with a whole lot of artists. Worked with a young Lady Gaga before years before her career really took off and she became Lady Gaga to everyone. He's worked with the likes of Bono, Richie Blackmore, Andrea Bocelli, so many. Well, he just released his first solo single, and what do you know, on the adult contemporary chart, the main one, media bases, where a lot of the registering goes nowadays for that, uh, well, there was that song going up the charts. Right around the time of Valentine's Day 2023, and there's Joseph James on the charts. So I get to talk to him about that. I talked to him about Valentine and his upcoming debut solo album called 5.5. He's finally got a hit of his own, and that's one of the main topics of this interview with Joseph James. Here it is. I was just looking through media base to see how it's doing on the charts. Of course, Valentine's Day has passed, but looking at, I mean, there it is on media base, on the AC chart. They're keeping it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, I'm so it, happy. It's hanging around. So, okay. What is, what was your first reaction to seeing that? You now have Joseph James has a song on the charts going. And I haven't looked in Billboard to see if it's there, but but there is your name associated with a song going up the the national chart. What's your first reaction when you see that breaking through like that? Oh, I mean, it's it's, it's really awesome. I mean, you know, you always I. I <laughs> you always think about it and you and you imagine how you're going to feel when something good happens to your music career and things like that but it but then it leads to things like this and having these great interviews and then it's um and then you get calls from people that are in the business like you know my old boss at Sony Music and Lady Gaga this morning saying hey i think i'm going to do a shout out for you is that okay and i'm like what are you kidding me I'm like, yeah, I said, you know, how many kidneys do you need? <laughs> you know, um, so, yeah, to answer your question, I guess in a long way, uh, it feels great, man. I, I mean, you know, I've been doing it for a while, but I've always done it for a lot of other people. And I guess, you know, COVID had a way of just resetting my clock. And I'm such a program person that when something works, I just develop it and keep working it. But COVID stopped everything and set me back to being a writer and a session player. And then here I am, you know, Joseph James sort of just became hatched. <laughs> so when did you first ever think of doing your own album? When in your life did you first have a dream of going into a studio the, and for yourself? The day I was born, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like yourself, like, you know, like when you're in radio, you probably thought about it. I thought about always being the artist from the day I was born, but then, then you learn what it feels like to start paying rent and paying off, you know, college and 
going out on dates and you're like, well, I need to start making a little bit of money. And then all of a sudden, you know, your, your, your talents and your abilities take you to, un, you know, not unfortunately, but take you in a diverse bunch of directions. Um, so then, you know, you become a session player, a club date band. Then the artist thing becomes, yeah, I still want it, but you then you start because you grow up. <laughs> so, right. um, but you know, I, I've always worked hard at doing what I do and, I think a lot of other people recognize that in me, so they would hire me to manage their music and write their songs. And, and you know, so I've always wanted it, but then you get sidetracked, and then now we're here, and this is it, man. I mean, I, you know, it's, and I've taken a few lumps for it, but since COVID started, I stopped working with anybody else, not because I don't wish them well and I want to help people, but I'm having a great time doing it for myself. And like you just said, how does it feel? Man, it feels awesome. I mean, it's it's a really good drug. And I feel especially um, honored and privileged that I'm able to start joining that team. You know, um, I don't know. It just feels like the greatest first day over and over again. I mean, you have a hit. That's the thing. You you have I know, your own hit. I know. It's kind of weird, you know. I mean, and it's like I pinch myself because, you know, nothing's really changed. I mean, guys like you and me can say, wow, it's on media base. It's Billboard. You're in Times Square. You're doing this. And then you sit back and say, great. You know, like someone's like, oh, don't let it get to your head. I'm like, oh, those days are over. <laughs> I said, <laughs> somebody asked me in Pittsburgh, so like, what is it like after a big show? And what are you doing? Like, you know, do you guys party? You get crazy. I'm like, oh, yeah. I said, I break out the smart pop. I get in front of Netflix and I watch Downton Abbey. I said, now that's partying. <laughs> you know, I'm like, no, nah, man, those days are over. We ain't playing with green M&Ms and we're not throwing TVs out of windows anymore. <laughs> we did that. You know, when I was with Blackmore and stuff like that and I was touring with Richie and everything. Let me tell you something. I was glad to, to have done it back in my 20s and my 30s because that was the time to get it out of your system and and let him pay for the damages. But um, <laughs> now those those days are over, man. I just need a good meal and a comfortable bed, and I'm happy. Okay, well, and going back a ways with your with your songwriting, what is the old of this upcoming album, 5.5? What is the oldest song on it? Uh, well. They're predominantly all brand new, and most of them, well, every one of them was finished during COVID uh, over the last year or two. Um, but there is a track called That's Her Way, and it's that's a great question, by the way, Luke. Um, that's Her Way was written for Kenny Rogers. And when I was working in Nashville, I got my first hold with Kenny Rogers. Huh. And, and I couldn't believe it. Like, I mean, I've worked with Vince Gill and Al Martino and Bocelli and Bono and you know it's always been as like more of a player or a studio rat but having done about 11 years of work in Nashville and working for a record label I finally get a hold and I'm sitting there going oh my god and he's gonna cop my song and then he passed away oh so mm. I believe he cut it but it never was finished and I said okay well that is part of life and and he and i had met at mohegan sun and after the fact and i was like this is i said kenny i'm so happy thank you thank you he's like no nah, man he goes it's an incredible song so when he passed i had to get i had to get my rights back from his manager and the publishing company which was no problem 
and they said, listen, go put it out. It's a hit song. So I said, okay. So it basically, it's the country pop song that's going to be on the record. And I'm really happy about it because I, I did it a great justice and I, I really feel like I was inspired by all that to do it. That, I'm, I would have to imagine the label would probably want this to be a single at some point going they down do. the road. Oh, no, no. You're totally right, actually. But if Valentine wasn't the first single, this would have been it. Okay. Um, you know, but everybody sat back and said, you know, you're in perfect line with Valentine's Day when this happened. And we should put this out, put this out because we're going to roll the dice that not many people are doing a Valentine's single. And it's a love song. And you might be buying yourself like the perfect storm of promotion. And to which what started this conversation with us, you were spot on. That's the timing was perfect with Valentine's Day. It became a hit, I think, as well as being a good song because of the timing of it, the aspects of it. I don't think any other there. I haven't seen any. Um, but no other major Valentine singles were released for the first time this year. Yeah, I don't recall any so, either. So yeah, I think I think you you nailed it this time by chance. But it worked we got out. Lucky. It, it did. Yeah, yep. that that people yeah. get to hear it. Um, with all of the people that you have, either come across, cross paths with, all the way to working on full on projects with them, et cetera, et cetera. There's always some sort of influence that they have on your life in, in some way, shape or form. And maybe it's very subtle. Maybe it's a big influence. What musical influences have, if any, have come through in this project, in, in your writing and your production from those other artists, those influences uh, throughout your life? What, how can you describe that? Oh, yeah. Well, a, a great question. I am. Um... And it's funny, I always laugh when people say, oh, I'm not influenced by anybody. This is completely original. Well, I'm not going to curse, but that's BS. Um, <laughs> yeah. Listen, I grew up, I grew up with Billy Elton, um, you know, classic rock. Uh, obviously, I played with Richie Blackmore and the Monkees. And I mean, and then and then I love, you know, Dua Lipa. I love. I love Kendrick Lamar. I mean, I love Ed Sheeran. I love the guys that make all those records. So, um, I mean, Billie Eilish, when, when Billie came out with everything with her brother, I just fell in love with every aspect of what they were doing. So while that's not really my style, I think all the aforementioned have influenced me. So obviously being a piano player, um, you know, Billie and Elton, that's part of the diet, you know, then you learn... Bruce Hornsby piano riffs. Then you go to Berkeley and you you play like Chick Corea and everything like that. So in the new record, and I'm hoping that um you know I'm I'm I, I expect I would, would love to share some tracks with you in the next couple of weeks. Um, assuming we should be done by then, um, you're going to hear a lot of things. Everything culminates to what I believe is pop rock, and obviously radio believes it because they took me on for this year. Um, their, their pseudo work and everything with me with management. I mean, there's a 30-person a team that is chomping at the bit. One end of it wants to put out the next five singles, and the other end of them is saying, well, hold on. Valentine is still climbing here and there. Um, it didn't go anywhere, so why don't we milk this and then put the next single out the middle of April instead of the middle of March? And I said, guys, whatever it takes. I said, just point me where I have to go. So like today I'm in Birmingham doing drive time shows tomorrow. We hit Atlanta again, get back to New York on Friday and we're going to milk this. And then, but what you're going to hear in the record, just to circle back, 
you're going to hear all those artists in some way, shape or form in my in my DNA come out in this record. Um, I mean, I'm playing great piano solos like Jerry Lee Lewis, and I think I'm singing the best I've ever sung. And, you know, with everything that went into it, you're going to hear a taste of yesterday and tomorrow all mixed together. What is your composing? Yeah. What's your composing style? Oh, uh, torture. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it just got added to the funk and wagnalls. Um, um, you know, I get into a rhythm and then it just it encapsulates me. I mean, um, so when COVID hit again, I hate to always use that as a reference, but I like to look at what positive any if anything came out of COVID. Well, I kind of figured the world was going to just sail away and who knows what was going to happen. And I just said, ah, screw it. Let me just go write. Let me just write for myself because I love writing. I love it and I hate it. Once it's done, I'm elated. But when I get into it, I stop sleeping normal hours. I stop waking up predictably at any given time of day or night. It just totally takes me to where if I don't finish the song, um, I'll never be happy. So I ended up writing like 30 plus songs during COVID and the writing of it was just, it's, it's OCD meets, I come up with a, a musical idea and then all of a sudden I start marrying lyrics to it based on how I feel at that given moment. Mm. So music, lyrics, and a runaway train. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so the video you mentioned up, upstate New York, who was in that video? Who was all, who are all the instrumentals? So those are the guys I play with. Um, the irony is that if you watch that video at different points, we were getting hit by our first big snowstorm. So like in different clips, you'll see different levels of snow on the balcony outside. Um, <laughs> yeah. And um, so what happened was uh, basically my guitar player, my bass player in the video, obviously I'm there. Um, the other acoustic guitar player couldn't get up the mountain and one of the assistant videographers had to fill in on drums because the drummer couldn't get out of his driveway. Huh. Um, so, and when the song started getting tested at getting tested at radio, what happened was that we needed to shoot that video within like, you know, I was speaking to the guys in LA, they said, man, we need a video probably within the next week and a half because you're starting to break the 200 chart and, you know, lyric videos are not what you do at this level. You got to give the audience something more they want to see. So we shot the video in like a 24-hour period during the biggest snowstorm in upstate New York this year. And um, and here we are. <laughs> Those are the guys. That's us. We put it all together and uh, we spent the whole weekend together <laughs> uh -huh. by default. So, ex so except yeah. for the, the drummer, the, that's the, the bass player, the guitarist. They're, your, they're the ones you're going to hear on the regular. On the whole album. Right. Oh, yeah, actually. And then, um, well. In addition to that, I do a lot of work with session players all around L.A. and Nashville. So um, there'll be guitar parts from, um, uh, what's his name? Um, oh, what's the guy's name? Schoen. Adam Schoenfeld. Adam Schoenfeld, who is uh, Tim McGraw's guitar player, uh, big and rich. Um, my bass player is, I mean, he's played with everybody from, you know, Billy to Gaga, this Russian guy named Ivan out of New York, who's just incredible. Um Acoustic guitar players, um, in addition to having like a ton of hits. Um, oh, actually, here we go. My assistant here is giving me the, the rundown. Sam Hunter on bass. Um, Adam Schoenfeld, guitarist. Carl Minor, acoustic. 
Uh, Wayne Killius has played with everyone from Taylor Swift to you name it. And then the best, oh, Greg Beek, who's Celine Dion's keyboard player. Um, so I brought in all of my friends and um, people that I could get for this record because basically 5.5 represents my time. And it's just a, it's a personal number. And it just basically means we're doing, we're going big or going home, man. That's what <laughs> we're doing. So, but I brought everybody in, but the guys in a video and the girl, um, are currently, you know, these are the guys that we do shows with. And, uh, like for example, we just, I just finished Pittsburgh and Gino Vanelli, um, who I haven't heard his name in a while, big Canadian rocker, mm -hmm. just, uh, hired us to be the opening act. I heard and, that. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sitting back going, huh, how did that happen? <laughs> so, you know, but you know, maybe there's some shirts, all this, I don't know, man, we'll see. Well, that, that was actually going to be my next question. What is your favorite Gino Vanelli song? Well, there's two of them. I mean, I I just want to stop um, loving. Uh, I just want to stop, I think, is the title. Mm -hmm. I would say that's the one that I knew. Um, and unfortunately, I don't know many of the other hits, but um, I know that he's done uh, a bunch. Of, well, I think he's had about four big hits and. I'm going to educate myself in the meantime. But what I do like about Gino, um, hold on, give me a second. I'm, I'm, I'm reading this text from him right now. <laughs> um, okay. He's actually telling me, um, please check out a couple of my songs. Living Inside Myself on Wild Horses, I want you to accompany me when I go on and play those. Really? So, wow. yeah. So I'm like literally reading my computer as we speak. And just by coincidence, that, that, well, that email popped up recently, but today. But anyway. So I will I will learn those others as well. That's actually <laughs> his agent. His agent was at my show, one of my shows in Pittsburgh and um, CBS radio was there. And, you know, I didn't know what to expect from the show, but I knew that people were going to be there because it sold out. And then all of a sudden, before we left, um, you know, Gino's agent said, listen, I love what I'm seeing. I saw clips of your band. Can you send me a couple of the new singles, the mixes? So I literally had him. I said, here you go. I said. Go ahead and bootleg them, steal them. I don't care. The more people share, I love it. <laughs> and uh, and this morning, uh, yesterday, I woke up and there was a writer in my emails. So I guess we got it. <laughs> <laughs> That's wonderful. Um, yeah. The, funny that he mentions living inside myself. That's my favorite of his. And I okay. may I think what I really liked about it, especially coming from that era when there seemed to be a lot of chord changes in pop music, late 70s, early yeah. 80s era music. And that's what I particularly particularly loved about that. So I'm a little bit envious that you now get to learn to play that with him on stage. That's that's really awesome. That's cool that you get to do that. I may have to call you for the chord changes if you don't mind. <laughs> I'm going to have to figure some of that out too. Like I've got it in, like it's running through my head right now. And I got to figure out exactly so is this a is this a deal like a is it A flat seven major major seventh is that the ninth or something yeah, I know like that there's a descending line i was listening to some stuff when i was driving from ohio the other day and i just happened to pull up a couple things on youtube and one of the songs was that maybe it was that one but there yeah. was a descending line i couldn't tell what key it was in but um anyway well um, i just may have to reach out to you we'll see <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna do great however it goes you're you're gonna do absolutely fine with with him um yeah so all all of this done um looking back on your other projects pre your own what project of someone else's are you most 
proud of? If you could, if you could say one stands out above the rest, what other artist projects that you've done in your career ranks at the top? Uh, well, my obviously, you know, what a lot of people know me for is is breaking the Gaga sessions, the red and blue, the word sessions. Um, and it wasn't so much. Well, it was the project, but it was the person. So when I started working with Stephanie for those six months, um, I saw the fire that I had at her age, you know, because I'm a little older than her. But um, and it, it just it totally reminded me of who I was. So I will say, and today, like even this morning when I spoke with her and her dad and everything, he's picking her up from a film set. She's doing, I think she's doing possibly the Joker too, or somebody, or something like that. Um, but she always has the fire. And, you know, I remember as a kid, even my parents would say, Oh, calm down, breathe, you know, get away from the piano, go, go, go out and play in the backyard, go play baseball with your brothers. And I, and I would, but, the fire from Gaga was something that has always stuck with me. Um, the same fire you recognize in Richie Blackmore. Um, this is a guy who like Eddie Van Halen takes his guitar to the bathroom with them because you just never know, you know, when you're going to just, and, and, and I do the same thing. It's funny. People joke. Um, Nancy mentions to me all the time. She goes, you have a keyboard in every room of the house. And I'm like, yeah, it's great, isn't it? <laughs> I said, it's a lot better than a basketball hoop or like a hot tub. I said, so. Um, but I, I, I would say the fire that of, that I get from those artists, from working with Bono, um, Andrea Bocelli, who we really, I, I don't speak very, uh, you know, I speak very broken Italian. Um, same thing. And then there's a bunch of other singer-songwriters who I've been fortunate enough to work with. I, I you know, and I just... And they all have tastes of it. But what I tell them now, I say, listen, I said, if you really want to do this, this is when I was taking people on. Mm -hmm. If you really want to do this, I said, you have to be willing to give up everything in the process. I said, because and I said, I don't I'm not asking you to sacrifice. You have to want to do that. I said, which usually requires a few visits to a shrink. I said, because you got to figure out why you want that. I said, and then that shrink becomes your payroll partner. Um I said, but that's really it, you know, and, and so I would say the people that I had mentioned all have that spark. And then obviously a lot of singer-songwriters that pass through have the spark, but many of them, even if they said they were, weren't truly willing to give it all up. And you have to be willing to walk around like that because that's what it's going to take. I mean, today's my birthday and I'm going mm -hmm. to see three radio stations. I'm going, I got, you know, I, I'm, I'm blessed to be with you right now. And then I'm literally sitting in the parking lot of a drive time thing we're going to tape in about an hour. And I'm like, you know, I don't want to move. The signal's great here. I said, order lunch. We're going to live in a car for an hour. <laughs> so, you know, it's, you got to have that, that insane drive to want this. And I don't know what that's predicated upon, but I'm glad I have it. Well, you know? you're and, in a position to spend your birthday doing interviews to talk about your hit song. And there are, a, yes, there are a lot of people that wish they could be that lucky to do that. So happy birthday. And Thanks, Luke. this is awesome that you are getting this opportunity and there's more to come. Obviously, Joseph James, the album is 5.5. The song is Valentine. Go listen to it. If anyone listening, watching this has not yet do so. Um, Thank you so much for taking time in a car Thanks. in Birmingham you. on your birthday to chat about this. All the best on the touring, the time with Gino Vanelli, et cetera, et cetera, and all the best going down the road.
Great. And Luke, do me a favor. Send everybody to josephjamesnyc.com for all real-time updates. And um, man, I hope to see you soon. And I can't wait to send you the next couple tracks as well. Well, that was really fun, uh, especially seeing his reaction to having a hit song. He's on the radio now. He's on the charts. And we'll see where it all goes from there. Joseph James, again, the website he mentioned, josephjamesnyc.com, like New York City, josephjamesnyc.com. Go there. You'll get all the information on his upcoming album, 5.5, about the song Valentine. Link to his social media accounts, uh, socials at the top. Click there. You can keep up to date with what Joseph James is doing. This has been the latest edition of Got Time for a Quick Story. Thanks, as always, to Greatest Hits 98.1 Radio in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, my employer, providing facilities to do these interviews. You can listen to and, in some cases, watch these interviews at greatesthits981.com. At the top of the website, you'll see where it says Features. Put the mouse over that. There'll be a drop-down. It says Interviews, and you click there. Uh, you can also go to the Greatest Hits 98.1 YouTube channel. we got a link at greatesthits981.com to go directly there for a lot more of our interviews. Thanks to Kenjamin Franklin for helping to set up this particular interview. Got time for a quick story. The podcast you can find at a lot of the usual podcast platforms. Subscribe to it so you know when new episodes arrive, new interviews, and also uh, rate it preferably higher because that will spread the word around about this podcast. Got time for a quick story. I'm Luke Anthony.